1: The following is an iHeartRadio podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Our show is about to begin. In 2018, two composers joined forces to give us a new twist on a nostalgic franchise. Here is our interview with the musical senseis of Cobra Kai, Leo Bierenberg, and Zach Robinson. This is The Soundtrack Show. Back to the soundtrack show. I'm your host, David W. Collins, and this is a special interview episode. Our chance to sit with professionals that create the music behind the entertainment that we love. Boy, do I love Cobra Kai. You know, I haven't told this story, but back in 2014, a friend and I attended a 30th anniversary screening of The Karate Kid, the original, at the New Beverly Cinema here in Los Angeles. It's owned by uh, Quentin Tarantino. Anyway, really cool theater. After the screening, director John Avildsen got up and spoke, as did members of the original Cobra Kai from the original film. Aledson was such a gentleman, such a kind person who I got to meet in the lobby afterward. But I have to say, I was really taken by William Zabka, aka Johnny Lawrence, who was so positive, so genuine during the Q&A, and in many ways the opposite of his on-screen character. So when I saw the first episode of Cobra Kai, and saw that the idea was that this show would take place from Johnny's point of view, and therefore flipping the narrative on its head, I was immediately intrigued. It very much reminded me of that night watching The Karate Kid with the director, and all of Cobra Kai showed up. And part of this intrigue happened within the first 10 minutes of the first episode because of the music. Like the show, the music in Cobra Kai strikes a balance between homages to the past while having its own fresh take on modern film scoring. 20th century rock versus 21st century youth plus plenty of karate and plenty of nostalgia. Recently, I had the opportunity to interview the composers of Cobra Kai. We discussed everything from how they met and landed the gig writing for the show, to the styles presented in various musical cues, to the legacy of the Karate Kid itself. Here is my interview with Zach Robinson and Leo Bierenberg. You guys, thank you so much for coming on to the soundtrack show. I'm really excited to meet you. I'm a huge fan of your work on uh, these on this these three seasons of Cobra Kai, and um, I, I was just about to tell you my wife and I binged season three in two nights, and that's because we forced ourselves to stop at midnight, so because our kids are going to be up at like <laughs> six thirty, whatever. But it it was it was awesome, and then I started watching again, knowing I was going to get to talk to you. Great work. Um, I just thank you and welcome to the show. Thanks for
0: having us. Yeah, we are really happy to be
1: here. Awesome. I just wanted to start, first of all, and just ask you how you two met and became involved in Cobra Kai. I mean, I've read a bit about your background in terms of working with other composers like Christoph Beck, uh, working on animated series, but um, how did you both come together uh, and join forces on this particular show?
2: So we met uh, at Sensei Beck's studio. Uh, nice. in 2012. And, uh, my first day in there, I was an intern and I, Leo asked me to get him a coffee. So I got him a coffee. <laughs> uh, and, uh, that, Th- those roles have
0: changed now <laughs>
2: <laughs> the, that began a budding relationship, uh, both as good friends and as, uh, colleagues and, and co-writers. And we just spent so much time kind of like in that studio together that we, you know, came up under the same systems and, and, you know, we have, different kind of like we have very similar um like kind of i don't want to say writing styles but just the way we approach scoring to picture i think we come we have the same kind of brain in in that way and in, in kind of what we think works and what we what doesn't and um when we had departed chris's studio in like 2015 2016 we um had paired up together on a on a youtube red show uh, that was when it was called youtube red um, when they first started going into like original content. And that was our first uh, time working together as a pair. And it worked really, really well. And then flash forward a couple of years, we saw in the trades that Cobra Kai was getting made. There was no information about who was a part of the show that Ralph and Billy were coming back. There was no information. All we saw was that, oh, it's a YouTube Red show. And we have that relationship with YouTube Red. So we asked our agent to submit a reel that we just kind of put together of what we thought the music should be, which had a lot of kind of '80s influence, which had some some like epic orchestra a la Conti, a la kind of like maybe with like an Asian tinge kind of thing, um, and it made its way to the to the showrunners, and we had a meeting like in two days, and two days later, and then we got the gig at, at like 15 minutes after the meeting, and it was just, <laughs> yeah. it was like it it never happens like that, it never happens. Wow. Like that, so. We uh, and and we really found that, like, once we were in the meeting and we found out about the show, and we read the scripts. Like, we just could not believe that this was the show was that this was what the show was, and um, we truly like believe that it's just kind of the perfect amalgamation of of all of our styles and what we love um, about scoring, and it's just it's like the perfect gig for both of us.
1: So when you you mentioned that when you and Leo met, you had this kind of a similar take on film scoring and practice, or film scoring style and and how you approach things. Where does that take come from? I mean, what are some of your influences mainly uh, in terms of film scoring? Who are some of your favorites?
0: Well, Zach and I both have really diverse musical backgrounds uh, that are also like pretty different. Like I grew up uh, playing saxophone and studying voice, did a lot of musical theater, Mm uh, did, uh, you know, I played saxophone, clarinet and flute, you know, in my high school jazz bands. Like I, he was, uh, and, and ended up like writing music for some like student run productions. Zach is like a guitar hero, uh, played in a lot of different rock bands, uh, a couple, like a, a video game inspired metal band that uh, has found a lot of uh, second life in in some cover Kai execution. Is that the DAD uh, project well,
1: I, that you have there?
0: That's the a
2: more 80s yeah. tinge project. That's oh. a different one. Oh, okay, we'll get to
1: that. We'll get to all that stuff <laughs> oh, later, but
0: sorry. That. We can talk
1: about that. Yeah. Well, continue, but please. Like
0: both, both of us just like play a lot of different instruments. And I, I tend to find that like people who are into like a lot of different, kinds of music, like sort of become interested in film scores. I think because like, you know, by virtue of the fact that you are telling stories that take place like all over the world and in all different time periods, like it's a lot of drawing on influences, whether it's the eighties or Japanese music, or, I mean, those are some Cobra Kai flavors, but, um, and so I think we just kind of like when we started hanging out and like making music together, it was just like, oh yeah, I know exactly that like style of music you're referring to. Cause like I listen to that too. We like, we just, we just have both have very broad Venn diagram circles. So like there's a heavy overlap section, even though like the separate part sections are, are there too. In terms of, uh, film scores, like I'm a big, like Lord of the Rings nerd. So I, I always like Howard Shore's stuff, both his work on that and like, before that the Cronenberg stuff uh-huh. um I know Zach is a huge Ennio Morricone fan uh oh, no. which you know if you're a Morricone fan like I feel like you really get the best of like drama with picture because like aside from writing such memorable tunes that guy like really knew how to like make an impression yeah um and uh yeah you've some more uh in, the
2: only thing
1: I would add in terms of Influences, I'm just, forgetting.
2: Oh, uh, well, fun influences, I mean, like... Endless. I, I, <laughs> endless. I, like, <laughs> endless. I don't even want to... It's, like, hard to do. But I would say that uh, in terms of, like, the technical film scoring, like, we learned a lot of, like, from how Chris Beck scored and kind of, like, some of the, like, principles that he used, that he uses in terms of just, like, where to hit what... Like, Chris is, like, an, you know, an amazing kind of, like, fun composer? Does that like that the best strategy? Like I, I don't want to say comedy. I want to say someone that like is very good at like accentuating just kind of the fun moments yeah. in certain places. And that was very helpful with Cobra Kai. Like what what kind of moments do we want to accentuate? Um you know, whether they're fun or whether they're serious or whether they're like a comedy moment or a or a drama moment, like or an action moment. Um we both like really appreciate unabashed like scores. Like we just want scores to like be true to themselves and like go hard when they need to. Yeah. Um, And yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I frequently say like, if a music, if music needs to like justify why it's in the scene, then it probably shouldn't be in the scene. Like if, if we're going to put music in something like we, we want it to like really have a purpose and identity there.
1: Yeah. Well, that's certainly true of Cobra Kai. I mean, I listened to all three seasons that, um, that you guys have done. And, you know, before we get into tone of Cobra Kai, because the tone is so interesting, like you mentioned the pitch, and I can't believe this is the show. I wanted to go all the way back to the beginning. You mentioned Bill Conti, and, and I just wanted to hear your thoughts on the, on the original Bill Conti score or scores, you know, for the Karate Kid sequels. What's your overall take? I mean, certainly it's, it's everything you said about film scores. It's definitely eclectic and kind of goes all over the map. Um, what's your overall impression of, of the music of the Karate Kid when you first started the project?
0: They, there's a couple like identities that that score has that um, when you when you list them, it it makes it sound like especially eclectic and, and a little all over the place. From that like opening cue that is basically like a drive across the country western yeah. um, like major Americana, and you're like, how does this share a world with uh, you know some of the action music later in the movies that has like a more like grinding, thumping, like synth bass, like extremely yeah. of the era sound with like orchestra on top. And like a lot of those Conti scores, like you can, it's like a rather intimate orchestra. It doesn't sound like a super like polished 90 piece thing. Like, it, you know, it, it sounds a little smaller and gives it an identity. Um, one one thing that we kind of latched into in the Conti um, is the, the mysticism of a lot of the Miyagi music. Um, there's uh there's a couple identifiable elements some of which we draw on occasionally although i think like the one motif that we like to borrow every once in a while is not one that people uh think of right away but just like some of the i don't know some of those sounds are so iconic like the pan flutes in particular um and so like i mean it works out very well because like 80s pan flutes you know as a synth sound are like a thing. And yeah. in kind of creating this, um, you know, pop film score synth wave hair metal hybrid that like we have created in the underscore to Cobra Kai, like we, that, that's such a fluid sound that like matches all parts of the palette. And it also happens to be like the main sound for, you know, the Miyagi-Do mysticism of the original.
2: for a brief intermission
1: we return now to the soundtrack show
0: in the original movies also that we really appreciate as just kind of like your underdog sports movie yeah. type of scoring, um, which is like, man, we, like Zach and I are really into like the classic sports score. Uh, in fact, in season three, there there's a few cues in there where we felt we really got to, uh, really got to go down that world in that sort of like Man, I don't know what the word is, but like there, there's like a feel-good aspect to that kind of orchestral writing that really makes you like hyped for the protagonist. Yeah, that sort of heroic,
1: um, um, almost brass thing, or you know, the strings kind of get very sort of yeah. uh, sort of uh, diatonic and like lush and yes. you know, it's just like yes. emotion wrapped into the victory and yeah
0: yes. and and it, it, some of it can get wrapped up in like some Americana, yeah. type of sounds. But so I guess like what what um, in approaching Cobra Kai, like looking at the Conti stuff, I mean, you know we have to be aware of all the sort of like scenes that people remember because I, I actually think like for your run, there are there are millions of karate kid fans in the world. And I think very few of them could sing you. Be careful, Leo. I can, <laughs> I can see you. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. It's be all before you go. No, no, no. Cause I, I think <laughs> that I don't think many people like can really remember it like who isn't like a film score fan or a musician right. can really sing you the motifs, but what they can tell you is like, oh God, I love that music when this happens. Like it makes them feel a certain way. Yeah. So I think in in terms of kind of figuring out what, how, how to incorporate Conti, or at least most of what we do is I would say like be evocative of, of some of those feelings is kind of identify like what, what, how it's functioning in the picture and then, and then capture that.
1: How do you bring together so many eclectic elements? I mean, you've got the Johnny rock and Johnny Lawrence music, and then you've got more thoughtful orchestral music, and then you've got the Miyagi influence. Are there, Certain textures or things that just kind of help you uh, orchestrate that balance musically. So there's kind of it, kind of all comes together. How do you bridge the gap, or does the show kind of do it for you? I mean, I know there's. there's there's, Go ahead.
2: Yeah. No, you can finish. You know, there
1: was what. Oh, I just know there's also a lot of songs, licensed music in the show, but that can be a separate question, you know, and a lot of times those bridge the transitions and things like that. But, but I'm just curious how you bring it all together. You know, what's kind of the through line here uh, for the show? Because it just works so seamlessly considering that it's about these two very different uh, ideas, you know, Miyagi-Do and Cobra Kai.
2: Mm. I think you said it. Um, The show kind of does a lot of the work for us in that sense. Like there would be no way to score the show. Um, with one kind of sound, like there's just no way. And we're starting off the show already in a different perspective. This is not the Karate Kid, it's Cobra Kai. Like we have switched in the first season, at least first couple episodes, like, you know, we are, we are with Johnny and this is kind of his story. Um, and we needed music to represent that. So that was first and foremost, it was having that like hair metal influence, the rock influence that was kind of always in our pitch. Uh, our original pitch and always kind of like in the back of our minds and then um yeah with daniel like like this is the sound that everybody is familiar with and that was our moment to kind of build off of the conti sound um we were pretty uh headstrong about developing our own daniel themes which we have a few of in the show Mm -hmm. we did not really want to spend a lot of time um with the conti themes because when we use conti the showrunners generally have an idea of when they want to use bill conti and then they use it and and that's cool like we let them do that i mean not we let them well, and like, we, cool we, we them like they
0: will they license the original recording so it's like right exact it's yeah. exactly it yeah also and so that and, way it like double hits you in the nostalgia gut
1: right well, and Conti kind of abandoned his originally Daniel theme anyway for the second movie. It gets it gets a little different. There's a new love theme. There's Peter Sotera. There's all kinds of stuff.
2: Yeah, you know. Well, that's another. That's a that's actually you talk about this also in your first episode that I listened to. Um, that I actually think more. It does not get enough credit that the that the score of this movie does this, but it really does intertwine music like the needle drop music, the songs that were created for the movie themes from those songs and the score are like ultra related. And I actually don't know, there's not a ton of movies that, that have that relationship um, with their kind of pop songs, but the pop song aspect of Karate Kid was a big influence for us. And we Mm -hmm. wanted to take those synth pop elements and synth wave elements, new wave elements, post-punk, whatever, and put them into the, into the show. And that's kind of where the kids come in. Like, you know, we have this kind of like synth wave, like retro revival sound, for like the the younger generation of the dojos. And then now that we're in season three, going into season four, the, the most fun that we have is kind of like mixing the flavors together and playing, you know, having like a fight scene with the Miyagi-Do students that's a Daniel theme, but played on like Cobra Kai instrumentation. Like that's where we have the most fun with the show.
1: you guys you know a, a lot of projects over the history of film scoring really have multiple composers on it but what's really unique is how the work is sort of divvied up and I was gonna ask you guys although I'm starting to get an idea of how you guys divvy up the responsibilities musically on the show like do you go oh this is really Leo's wheelhouse or like Zack you got it pick up the guitar like what's what's kind of the the process like when you're first spotting an episode it
0: is, uh, it, honestly, it's surprisingly more collaborative on like every single cue than, than you would think once we start like talking about like our interests and backgrounds. Wow. We, uh, when we spot an episode, uh, we sit there with, we call uh, John, Josh, and Hayden, the showrunners, JJH as, <laughs> you know, for efficiency purposes. So we sit in the room with JJH. We go through the episode also with our music editor, Andres Loxy, who's a huge part of just kind of like our, brain trust um and uh usually more than any kind of like musical reference once we've kind of made that list of like every scene that needs music which is a lot of scenes there's a lot of music and uh we both just kind of will usually be excited by something and it i don't think so far has been like the same thing because we've never like fought over who starts something but after after spotting one of us will just be like hey i had like a kind of cool idea for this in this scene and the other will be like oh it's great i had a cool idea for like this in this scene and then we kind of retire into our own uh studio rooms and just kind of like you know, start spewing for lack of a better term. And then we get to a point where it's like, okay, let's uh, trade. We send a lot of iPhone videos back and forth of like, hey, this is like the baseline I came up with. This is how it's working with picture in this fight or in this whatever. And then once we kind of, you know, let them out of their individual cages, we just kind of both start piling on and say like, hey, you should try doing this over there. Or, hey, can you send me that file? I'm going to like do a little work on it. And we just kind of shoot stuff back and forth we have a very um efficient setup where it's where it's easy to share files and and we've um you know especially three seasons in um we have like a palette that that is very familiar so like in terms of like finding sounds and and whatnot like they're all at both of our fingertips um all the time and uh, i think some of the uh i i think some of the best stuff is actually when when we are uh well, definitely when we have a real combo where we when sometimes when we trade a queue back and forth like five or six times just like adding stuff and and shaping it I mean some of those are are awesome um, but some of the best stuff is when uh one over the other of us really writes something that is like in the opposite wheelhouse of or or what you might think is the wheelhouse based on like us describing our backgrounds um, wow so it, it's really fun like I think it's like It keeps it this sort of like hair metal synth wave orchestra palette that I think is really unique to Cobra Kai. I can't think of anything else that's doing that. It's like constantly keeping us fresh. And and so like we are like always like, I don't know, fresh when we are approaching it and divvying up work.
1: Not to put you on the spot, but does a particular cue come to mind that that is a great example of that, the sort of trading back and forth and kind of stacking it up into something amazing.
0: Yeah, uh, the hallway hellscape in season two, uh, which is like the the first chunk of the climactic school. Oh fight. yeah, yeah. Um, although it's really, I mean, really that whole like 10 minute sequence is like, I mean, we both piled on, but there is that that track on the album um, is, is like a big, big time combo.
1: like that's a
2: that's a collaboration with uh Bill Conti as well cuz we had the very beginning of that
1: the very beginning oh i see oh awesome
2: that like ding 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 yeah 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 we basically had to recreate we had to recreate that cue um when when the cobras are coming for for daniel um and before miyagi before Miyagi shows
1: up, right? Because he
2: plays yeah. over what Miyagi rattles bones. Over? I
1: think is the yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, n- no shelter. Yeah. It's oh yeah. The no, no shelter. shelter. And so
1: the Pot-tune. same thing. Yeah, yeah. The same
0: thing happened, and we needed to go into like our original score cue and like uh, because they had cut in the no shelter from the movie. It had that Conti in there, and we were like, oh well, we can just like re-record that, and like yeah, there, there were a couple of fun little logistical challenges like that.
2: The soundtrack show will continue in a moment. We return
1: now to the soundtrack show. That's really inspiring that you guys work that closely together. And it sounds like you've really had a rhythm over the last couple of seasons. Now, did COVID change anything? Obviously, season three happened in 2020. Did the, pen, did the pandemic of 2020 at all affect your work? Or was it just kind of like you just kind of keep it rolling because you're in your, both in your same studios? And Did anything kind of trip we, up in post-production for you guys? Yeah,
0: we, we actually finished... Season three, about a month before COVID hit. Oh wow! We, f- we finished season three in February of 2020. We've been sitting on it for so long, which is why, like, we can't stop talking because we <laughs> love, like we have so much to talk <laughs> about. Um, oh man! Yeah, uh, but but we did do we did do uh, a series together after that uh, called Die Hard. This uh, hilarious Kevin Hart like action comedy. Thing and uh, it was pretty much the same workflow. The only difference is when it came to uh, recording, we have to do that all remotely, right? Which is a bit of a bummer to like not be in the room with your guitar player or your drummer.
1: Yeah, where was it people recording from home, or did you go back to say Prague or wherever you recorded in Europe? Or
0: um, on that one, it was was people recording
1: from Ah, home. Ah, gotcha. two of our interview we discuss how quickly zach and leo work on each episode of cobra kai and we dive into the shredding rock cues that dominate the score the humorous side of cobra kai is also discussed as well as the show's return to okinawa thank you the soundtrack show is an iHeartRadio podcast